It's the Movie Toasty Show Here for you Dennis and Adam joke about orgasms And sweet movie reviews We talk about TV too, right? I, I think so Yeah? Yeah Yeah! Christmas, everyone, and welcome to episode 65 of Movie Toast Movie Reviews. Merry Dennis, how Christmas. you doing? Hey, I stepped Woo. out for your, your introduction, sir, but I was just so excited because it's the Christmas episode. Oh. oh, boy. And let's not leave out all our other religions here. Hopefully you had a happy Hanukkah last week oh, and yeah. a couple days before that. And a Merry Kwanzaa if you're listening on Kwanzaa. Yep. And we're not going to say anything about New Year's because you're getting an episode on New Year's Eve. So we'll get there. New Year's. We'll get there. Well, we yeah. have something brewing for that one. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. The toastiest of the mostiest. You'll, you'll just have to wait and see. Hey, Dennis, uh, today is a big episode besides it being a Christmas episode. Uh, I just saw that we've hit 13,000 downloads, which is a pretty big threshold for oh, us, I think. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, thank you, Toasties. That's That's a good... It's a good chunk of downloads for our for our little show. That's it's been a long time coming. We've had a lot of gone through a lot of phases, some ins and outs, and that's uh that's pretty awesome. Yeah, and uh, so this this week might sound a little different. This week, uh, Dennis and I are going to be the editors. Our intern uh, has finished his internship. Uh, Mike, I don't know if you're uh, listening, but yeah. thank you. You did such an awesome job, man. And uh, if you ever need a letter of recommendation from us, don't be afraid to hit us up. If you ever want to come back for old time's sake and give an edit, it's always open for you. (laughs) But anybody out there listening, if you guys uh, are like to fuck around and edit things, uh, we got an internship opening. So uh, shoot us an email at movietoastnewsreviews at gmail.com with your resume. We're also looking for social media interns. Um, We'll let you have all the sunlight and water you want. You don't have to sit in a dark room, but if you want to, that's your choice. I mean, you can go anywhere. This is a remote job. That's the beauty of this. But um, so, yeah, we're looking. So if anybody out there knows anybody that uh, is a techno wizard like our old pal Mike, get at us at movie underscore toast on Twitter or that email address I gave earlier. Dennis, oh, man, we don't have any polls this week because I know we got to dive deep into the Mandalorian uh, finale. Oh, yes, that'll be a fun day. Well, of course, as usual, we're going to put that in at the end of the episode for those of you who uh, haven't watched it and need to oh. uh, need to have their own viewing still, which we're going to spoil the fuck you, you must yeah. be you. You must be blind or deaf or something to keep keep your safe distance from all of that uh yeah you're a week into that finale so i don't know how you dodged it this far yeah if you dodged it that's points to you but uh yeah yeah oh i'm excited for that but before then we get just a couple of just a couple of movies nothing you know we we know you got some holiday celebrating to get to so we don't want to keep you long we're gonna keep this nice and tidy for you Mm, airtight I know you said tidy, but I'm talking airtight episode. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, sh- I'm gonna jump off the deep end here, man. Uh, I oh. got a, I got a Christmas movie that I've never fucking watched before from oh. 2005, I think it is. Uh, the Family Stone. You ever, you ever hear of this movie? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh shoot. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
All right. Never fucking seen it, but I saw it was on All HBO right. Max. So I said, "Fuck it, I'm watching this." So uh, this movie is about. <laughs> Sorry, that was just <laughs> fuck it. I'm watching the Family Stone, bitches. <laughs> Boy. Uh, well, no, it's funny. Like I, uh, I think I've mentioned in the past. I listen. Uh, I listen to this podcast called "How Did This Get Made" with Paul Scheer oh, yeah. and Jason Manzukis and. Uh, Funny and show. a bunch of people. Yeah. Uh, and the night before I listened to the last episode they put out, I was thinking about watching Family Stone. And then the next day I listened to the episode and they were talking about how good the Family Stone was. I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to watch this movie now. Oh, nice. That's cool. Yeah. yeah so so I, do- I, I dove in it. I got in it. I jumped in like Scrooge McDuck into his coins. The, uh, the little and- swan dive in the old safe back there and yeah. found the Family Stone. All right. Yeah, so well. this is about a family coming together on Christmas, the Christmas time. Uh, all the adult kids are coming back to town, and there's this guy uh, played by good old, what's his name, Dermot Maloney. Uh, he's dating... Dermot um, Mulroney. Did, what did I call him, Maloney? Maloney, Christopher Maloney. <laughs> Detective Stabler is coming to... No, oh, sorry. Boy. Dermot no, no, Mulroney? No, no. Is that... Yes. Okay, that's, I just, I just want to verify who we're talking. No, you're about you're very you're, you're you're right. You're right. He's dating Sarah Jessica Parker, who's like this overworked, kind of fast talking, kind of a prune of a woman. He's bringing her back home to meet the family, and he wants to get his mother's blessing to give him his grandmother's uh, wedding ring to engage to okay. her, and uh, the whole family meets her and she does not jive well with them. Mm. And when he asks fucking his mother played by Diane Keaton for the ring, oh. she's like, no, no, I can't, I can't give you that. I, I don't want. And, and he gets mad and the whole family kind of treats her a little odd. And, uh, she decides, all right, I'm going to call my sister. My sister's going to come to town. Uh, so she invites her sister to come stay with them. And when the sister comes, that's play, uh, she's played by Claire Dames. Uh, did I say Dames? I did Danes uh, from Homeland or oh, okay, yeah, wherever the fuck. Um, <laughs> and so I, I I've left out a lot here. You can tell I didn't write this review down uh, because I'm just talking out my ass. But um, in a way, uh, Dermot Dermot, I can't fucking talk today, guys. I'm sorry, Dermot Maloney Maloney Mal- <laughs> Mulrooney. D- oh, I know I'm saying it wrong, <laughs> Dylan. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say Dermot. Dermot. Uh, oh my God. Dermot. I did it. I got it mixed up. Sorry. Dermot, Dermot, Dermot and Dermot Mulrooney. <laughs> oh God. Good thing we, they don't listen to this podcast. Dermot. Turns out Dermot Mulrooney was a huge movie toast fan. I'm not listening <laughs> to these guys anymore. They don't we even know what my name is. <laughs> I Here I am. Friends. I know all of them. I even know the old toaster's names. I know their editor's name, and they don't know my fucking name. Me, uh. me Mr. Dome, don't <laughs> I don't even know how to say my name. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, he goes to pick up the sister at the bus station, and he, you can tell he's like, oh my god, this girl's amazing. And they click. They have a good vibe. And uh, one of his siblings is played by Luke Wilson. And you can tell he has the hots for Sarah Jessica Parker. 
And uh, oh. so there's a little sw- sister switching going on, but that's not kind of the forefront of the movie. The forefront of the movie is just this whole family drama. Uh, it has an amazing cast. Craig T. Nelson plays the dad. Uh, you got nice Rachel McAdams as one of the sisters. Uh, you got uh, a deaf brother who is uh, married to another man. Uh, you got a pregnant sister who the husband's not there yet. Uh, you got a niece. Uh, you got a lot of people. This family. What I like about this movie is it's not your stereotypical happy-go-lucky family. It's a regular family. It's not a trashy family. They're just a regular family who talks like a regular family and treats everyone normal. It's not over-the-top okay, happy. Yeah. It's not over-the-top assholes. It's a nice balance. And I feel like you don't get that very often. Uh, so at the same time, it's just everyone's dealing with their own bullshit. And uh, it turns out Diane Keaton is dying, but they don't want to tell anybody until after Christmas. Mm. Um, but it, the main storyline is about the fact that he wants to propose to Sarah Jessica Parker, but the family doesn't agree with them on that. And it's like, does he really love her anyways? I don't know. You got to check this movie out. It's only like fucking 15 years old at this point. So uh, I was say, I, as you're describing, it, it's like, wait a minute, this is time familiar. I think I think I have seen this or at least a good chunk of it. Maybe not the whole movie, but. I, I remember it, the tone you're describing. It is very much it, like it feels like a big family stuck in a small house, you know, it, yeah. that everyone's kind of sitting on top of each other. No one has like you don't have that minute to yourself because uh, every bedroom is taken up by another, you know, like ideally yeah. always an activity or there's always, you know, there's something going on somewhere. Uh, but and and the cast was is is awesome. Like that is a oh, yeah. great collection of people working in the same same film there. And uh, even uh, uh, Mark Brand Vanowitz or whatever his name is from Parks and Recreation, the guy who Leslie loved in the first season. Oh, yeah. He, but... he plays an EMT who uh, is madly in love with Rachel McAdams and she doesn't want anything to do with him. Of course. I don't know why it was nice seeing Vanowitz. that guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry, dude. Oh, boy. But uh, so, yeah, the family stone. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to give this one a solid. 3.5 stars. It's oh. a new favorite of mine for the Christmas season. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. When, where did you view this film? Uh, HBO Max. HBO so Max. I guess it's on HBO probably. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I hear uh, a little birdie tells me you have a Christmas-ish movie. Oh, yes, sir. I So there is the Christmas classic everyone loves to watch. Oh, Die not Hard. this bullshit again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, we all know. We all know Die Hard is a Christmas classic. We all know Die Hard is a part of a series of films, but the sequel is also set in the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. It is the week of Christmas. We are getting up to the holiday. And of course, John McClane is stuck in the action again. This guy Ooh. can't catch a break. <laughs> so... After uh, John has moved out to L.A. to be with his family to try to fix his uh, his marriage and make it work with his wife, be closer to his kids. He's now an officer for the LAPD and he's um, flown out with the kids ahead of his wife for Christmas to stay with the in-laws out in D.C. Well, he's coming to the airport to pick up Holly. Uh, he's borrowing his mother-in-law's car. We we open on he's he's on the curb and this cop rolls up on him, hassling him. Come on, pal, you got to get off the curb. No, come on, it's my wife. She's gonna be here any minute. 
and it's this whole exchange of now we're going to tow your car. And of course, his <laughs> mother-in-law's car gets towed and he tries to play the, but I'm a cop too card. It's like, that doesn't mean nothing out here. And it's, just, <laughs> it's a funny, I, I like the exchange there. Um, you know, it's, it's like a lot, a lot, a lot. We're, we're celebrating the holidays. It's snowing. It's, we see the decorations, busy airport, but then we see there's some other shit going on. A naked man is doing karate in front of a TV in a hotel room. <laughs> is that he's, true? He's kind of uh, greasy or something. Yeah, it's a it's in the movie. Swear to wow, God. And wow. We kind of, we're in the scene for kind of a long time. At well, least it feels as like you long. should. And if then, he's gonna get naked doing karate, you gotta see every part of his body. I mean, we see a lot of it. We see, you see pretty much everything. But Shaft, I gotta be honest. Merry Christmas, everyone, by the way. John Shaft <laughs> is not there? No. Uh, no, he comes in with a vengeance in the third one. No, so no, no, I, this is I'll the wait. villain. This is the bad guy. Well, you said Shaft. Uh, oh, oh. Sam Jackson. Right. Nope. No, no, no. No, uh, no Shaft family here. This is... Dennis, what are you talking about? What, what, what do you, are, Is this another sex thing? I don't this know anything a... about the sex, Dennis. Stop. It's... Stop talking about the sex stuff. Please. It's, it's a dingus. It's a dingus. Oh my god. There's no dingus. Don't worry. Mr. Dingus. Uh, um, do we at least see a butthole? Oh Jesus. <laughs> no, not that. We don't get that close. No, no telephoto lens here. Um, this is this <laughs> we've get been talking about this review, for way too long. bastard. This Christ. We gotta get out of this. Um, so we <laughs> That's what um, the greasy guy said. He's like, stop filming me. I'm not even a part of Why are we still shooting ass. this scene? For some reason, they took a week to shoot that scene, but everything else was shot in <laughs> four days. Um, mm. So there's uh, unnecessary nudity with this bad guy doing naked karate. Picks up the remote and turns the TV off, pretending like the remote is a gun. I don't know. It's weird. Do you then, not do that? I do that all the time. <laughs> then we see... The uh, all of these other dudes filing out in similarly dressed clothing. Also naked, right? They're not. similarly dressed. Oh, I guess I should. Everyone's dressed. Everyone's carrying the same size Christmas present wrapped exactly the same way, just different wrapping paper. Everyone is wearing like a fur lined leather jacket for like cold weather, but they're all like slightly different colors, slightly different textures, but it's kind of the same thing. And it's all of them are walking in the same pace. It's very clear. They're all the same group of people that are just trying to pretend like we don't know each other as they're walking through this hotel lobby. They're the Uh, cool guy mafia. So cool guy mafia rolls up to the airport. John McClane is at now there's a reporter doing a story on this dictator from South America that was put in place by the U S or he was backed by the U S government. Turns out he was making money off of selling, selling drugs, or at least he was assisting in some type of cocaine trafficking and uh, being deported to the United States uh, for his crimes. So that is happening at the same time. And he's going flying through this airport there. Uh, what this, I forget what the name of the airport is, but they are getting ready for all of this to be happening. And there's extra police. There's all hands on deck. We're trying to get all the security, you know, on point. All hands on Dick. <laughs> no, sir. No, um, he's, he, I said his clothes are on. He's Okay. <laughs> Um, I mean, I just want to know why the greased up deaf guy is running around this airport. Nope, not that guy. All right. The uh, 
so there's it, it's it's kind of set all this up you know you can see the there's something bad going on well of course the bad guys are got something to do with this dictator flying through this airport and long story short the bad guys take control of the control tower and turn off all of the control systems that they have up there and with their like removed uh, station that they have set up offsite have tapped into the communications network that the airport uses for all the planes that are flying, trying to land. And mm. they convince all of the flying planes that they are actually air traffic control and they've falsified all of the information available to them and they can force planes to crash into the ground. They can give them oh. like false uh, altitudes. So well, they think they're, they have a lot more to, to go, they're actually a lot closer to the ground and then crash. Uh, which you end up seeing happen to one of the planes. They just fly one right into the ground as an example of this is what we're capable of. So while trying to wrest control of the airport back from the terrorists, John McClane is trying as fast as he can to assist with the authorities' uh, apprehension of the bad guys because his wife is still on her plane that is running on fumes. And of course, the douchebag uh, reporter from the first movie that uh, his wife gets to knock out is is back in this one and uh holly mclean of course she gets to do it again because he's being a douchebag again uh inciting panic and riots in the airport by leaking the information that they were trying to keep from the public into wait the is she going by mclean now she's not uh holly Gennaro. no Gennaro. it's it's nice. it's uh it's mclean because we're on the mend we're trying to we're trying to fix it we're trying Fair to bring enough. it back uh it's not it's not the third movie we haven't got there yet <laughs> um so yeah, chaos ensues. Of course, it's it's intense. We have a good time, like as far as some of the action goes. But there's a lot of missteps. We uh, first off, let me highlight the weird naked guy scene one more time, and I'm bringing it back for a reason because this is going to be a recurring theme. Of I feel like we kind of just see a lot of random things that we're just kind of supposed to accept and move along. When I feel like even in the first film, although yes, it is an over the top action movie. It makes sense. It's well written. It moves at a good pace and everything is in its place for a reason. Even if it's an over the top reaction or response, we stick to our guns and we keep going through it. He, I mean, he runs through the whole building barefoot. Like there's these ridiculous little things that just make for this awesome layers of a movie. Die Hard 2 doesn't have any of that for me. There's a there's a scene of him shooting out of an ejection seat of the cockpit of a plane as the plane explodes and he's like screaming as the camera as he zooms into the camera uh, just the shot was stupid um there's a couple gun battles that actually don't make sense to me uh there's a cameo by the actor who plays the uh the t2000 or yeah the t2000 in terminator 2 the liquid Robert patrick Yes, he is one of the terrorists. Very, very quick scene um, where he gets to shoot up a bunch of cops in this uh, in this uh, gun, this shootout I'm talking about. And those who've seen the movie, you might know what I'm talking about. But if you think about the geography of what's going on, it seems weird that they this was like their their trap. Uh, they just stopped the the freaking moving walkway in the middle, and these guys have like assault rifles and shit. I feel like the cops should have won this gun battle. I just anyway. <laughs> Maybe that's nitpicky, but again, it's all over the place. Uh, McLean's ability to get around this airport is kind of insane. Yes, we acknowledge he's found this like underground tunnel network, but it's like a magic underground tunnel network that he's somehow able to get around faster than the other people who work at this place who actually have a lot more means and should have 
a better understanding of what goes where than the, the, the funny janitor who survived World War II that lives down in the basement. Funny character, sure. He provides a little comic relief, but he kind of is the same note every time you go to see him. So I really didn't need him hitting the same jokes over and over again. Yes, it's a diehard movie. And yes, we get the, a lot of the same cast back. Reginald Bell Johnson comes back. We get a cameo of him where uh, John McClane yeah. calls in a fingerprint where he's like, this this is weird. Well, John, the fingerprint you send in is a dead guy. Well, I know he's a dead guy because I killed him. No, you don't understand. He <laughs> died two years ago. What? Turns oh, out they're all paramilitary guys. And this is just terrorists. These are guys who used to be in the u.s military and they're working with the foreign dictator dude all all in this effort to try to sneak him out of the country oh it's it what could have been a much cooler plot no i take that back it was a cool plot it just needed slightly more polished execution this is not a john mctiernan diehard movie that is for sure so long and the short of it diehard 2 i'm giving it two slices of toast it was still a fun action movie. If you glaze over it and you just kind of want to keep the same tone going, it's still there. I mean, I got it like from memory. I want to say the third one is still a lot better to me. Oh, dude, Die Hard with a Vengeance is the third one. I love that one. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's like you're you're in a new area or New York. You got Sam Jackson. You got fucking Han's brother fucking attacking. Oh, you got him running all over the city. It's such a good fucking movie, man. Yes, yes, it is. I feel like it's uh, it's like it returned back to its roots where the the charm of the first one all being in the same location at Nakatomi Plaza. This one, I feel like or with a vengeance accomplishes that feeling, but still getting to be all over New York. It's like Mm -hmm. New York being its own character in that film because they're kind of running up against it all the time. Yeah. I don't I don't feel that here. I don't feel like the airport's a character. The airport's just annoying in this one. <laughs> See, I don't know. I went back when uh a good day to die hard came out. I think that's the last one, right? Yes, I believe. Well, yeah. I, I I remember me and my uh one of my roommates we went to the whole marathon of all the diehards. I remember liking uh this the second one. But I feel like you're right. It it does drag a bit. There's a lot of wonky things. And uh, yeah, I guess you really put it in perspective really well, I think. It's when you really hold it, like really hold them up next to each other. And I, I love the first one. It is easily, it's one of my favorite action movies. Like if, if, if I had to shortlist top five action movies ever, it would be in there for sure. Hmm. The, Die Hard 2 is nowhere near that quality to me. It just, no. visually, it's not the same the just the tone and the gravity of uh, I liked seeing him get hurt in the first one. The second one, he gets hurt, sure, but he just shrugs it off. Like every every he just kind of rolls off everything a lot faster. And it's it's going back to that kind of gumball whatever movie of just you know uh, the, the last Rambo movie was an even cheaper version of this of just we're gonna jam it down your throat one more time. Um <laughs> It's not quite that bad, but eh, not the best. Yeah, right. I Hard 2, 2.0. I watched it on out of my own personal DV Dizzle collection. So that came from a an old box that I had. It It's really old. Uh, to give you an example, the, the advertisements at the beginning are talking about Fox DVD. And it's Ooh. a good 
almost seven minute commercial for all of the hot titles coming out did, like did, Fight did you Club. Get some, ooh, <laughs> did you get some sweet anti-piracy uh, commercials in the beginning? You wouldn't steal a car. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that is in there, too. Nice. Uh, they don't know me. I steal cars left and right. I download cars every day. Yeah. They don't call me fast and furious for nothing. They call it because I go shit pretty quick. Oh, and it's furious. Ah! Ooh. Sometimes well, I don't even know what's happening. Sometimes you got to go seek out and, and, and find the fear, though. Sometimes you have to hunt. Ooh. Sometimes you got to hunt hard. Dennis, you ever play the game Monster Hunter? I I was familiar with it. I was adjacent to it. I didn't take part, though. I I, I heard there was some good fun times to be had, though. Yeah, I never played it either. But <laughs> the new Paul W.S. Anderson feature film adaptation of it. Sweet. Starring everyone's favorite wife of Paul W.S. Anderson, Miss <laughs> Mila Djokovic. Hey. And everyone's favorite ass-kicking badass, Tony Ja. And everyone's uh, yeah. rapper-turned-actor-T.I. And oh. uh, everyone's favorite Hellboy, Ron Perlman. <laughs> and uh, everyone's favorite actress, Megan Good. All right, now I'm just making these things up. I don't oh, know. Say, that was a good role. You're in a good role. Although, Megan Good's good. I, I really like it's Megan Good. Yeah. yeah, she is. Yeah. But, uh, um, so... So, yeah, this movie is um, about, oh, God, how do I put this? It's about an army ranger from our current timeline and a hunter from an alternative timeline known as, like, the New World. Well, the army ranger is dropped into the New World, and her and this hunter need to survive in this vast desert that's taken over by these giant monsters. At first, these two are enemies, but they learn to work together to survive the harsh landscape. Um, so I don't know if this follows the, the, the fucking game at all, but I will say it's interesting. Like the action's pretty sweet. Like there's some cool slow motion. There's some cool, like really in depth, like, uh, moments that they do like I feel like every action scene is like slow motion and then ramped up and then pulled back um okay. it's it's Fun. interesting giant um, creatures battles and stuff yeah. right I will say the giant creatures they're kind of interesting looking nice um and the CG is pretty dang good I think awesome. uh I, I I saw this at a uh, IMAX uh screening oh, of it oh, oh. Badass. So the sound was fucking fantastic. Like, <laughs> awesome. I don't know if it's like that in a regular theater or whatnot, but the sound is sweet in this. And once these uh, two people, the hunter and the ranger come together, they don't speak the same language, but they start bonding and they have a sweet bond. It's, it's cute. I'm not going to lie. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, and like I said, it has a pretty good cast, but um, the movie drags a lot. Like I feel like, I was in this like movie theater forever watching it. And it was, I think I want to say it was like an hour and like 39, an hour 40, something like that. But it just felt like it was so fucking long. Uh, like in the beginning, because we first, uh, it starts off. It's kind of, kind of cheesy. It starts off. We see a pirate ship like 
like plowing through this desert landscape and you see Ron Perlman looking like a fucking anime character and you see all these wacky people in this boat and then a monster attacks and our hunter it falls off the boat and he's left for dead like because the monster attacked and nobody realized he was lost or whatnot. Mm, And then we cut to our current land where we see Mila Djokovic. uh, I don't know. I'm saying her name probably wrong where we see her and her battalion of Rangers, like looking for something like they have a, uh, not a video. They have a uh, voice recording of like this, this unit of people just talking into their, uh, their, their, their microphones, like, talking to base, but then they vanish. So they go out to try to find them, and, okay. like, we slowly see them, like, driving around trying to find out what happened, and then it just drags and drags and drags, and then somehow they're transported into this world, and she's the only one who survives. There's blatant product placement. Like, once we get to the new land, we, we, we slowly pan on the desert, and we see a Coca-Cola original... Uh, taste or original flavor can just right there in in, in, in the frame, and then a I think a, a jeep like runs it over, and oh, then God. later on when she's bonding with the uh, with the hunter, she's like, "Here, have some of this." She pulls out a half eaten bar of Hershey's chocolate, and he smells it. He's like, "No," and then she takes a bite. She's like, "Good chocolate," and then he's like, "Oh, this is really good." And he's like, "Chocolate," and he eats it. So it's like, why is there all this product placement in this fucking movie? It's so wacky. It's how they pay for the monsters, Adam. <laughs> but like I said, these monsters are sweet, so it was worth it. Um, like, I just feel like it, it super drags the first and second oh, act. Man. But the end is fucking fantastic. Like, the action battle scenes. And once they... I think it might be me also being biased that I hate deserts. I have this strong passion against deserts. And (laughs) once they bypass the desert, they go to this beautiful, like, island-looking area. And there's, like, uh, carnivore. Is that carnivore? No, paleon... Paleonthor? Like, there's monsters that only eat, like, fucking trees and shit. And it it kind of... Yeah, herbivore, yes. And it kind of reminded me of Jurassic Park a little bit because you got these these killer monsters after the humans, and then you got these friendly, peaceful monsters. But then action takes place. And then, <laughs> then uh, I'm not going to spoil the movie, but there's a point where I'm like, oh, this movie's over. I'm going to start slowly making my way down. Nope, it's not over. we got another 20 minutes left, but these 20 minutes are phenomenal. That. <laughs> And I oh, wish more of the movie was like this final 20 minutes. Oh. Uh, so I'm going to give Monster Hunter two slices of toast. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like, it's not fantastic. It's not terrible. But like I said, there's a lot of good things in it. And honestly, the way they leave it off, I would watch a sequel of, of this movie. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So it wouldn't be a waste of time, but don't expect to unsheathe your sword for uh, these monsters. Just, uh, yeah. I don't know. That was a, is that... <laughs> honestly, I, I had no interest in this movie. And then a couple of weeks ago, I saw a trailer and I'm like, oh, this actually looks pretty badass. Yeah. And yeah, like I'm movie. happy I saw it. And I'm happy I spent the extra money to see it in IMAX. If I saw it in a regular theater, yeah. regular sound, I don't know if it would be, have that same effect. But that sounds like it would have been fun. Yeah. Dude, I was like, you know what? Choice. I'm paying to rent movies on Amazon for 20 bucks. Why don't I fucking see a movie in the theater for 20 bucks? And I, I will say it was well worth it. 
Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, but um, I think we should. I think we should talk about a little bit more of a rescue. Some might say, oh. like, like a 16th chapter of sorts. Oh man, so bittersweet. It was so wonderful, but my God, it. it... Uh, oh, oh shit! We should really. I'm sorry. That transaction yeah. was going great. We should probably give a spoiler alert. Oh no, we get yeah. So folks, yeah, we're 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 rolling in. This is going to be the Mandalorian section of the show. So, so if you haven't seen it, yes, do do not shut, listen to this. Shut this shit off right now. Go watch it. Don't even don't even come back and listen. Watch it twice and then come back and listen because this is a great episode. <laughs> And let us know how you felt about it at movie underscore toast on Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, Discord. Thank you for listening. But for those of you who actually fucking aren't a week behind on the show, let's get into it. Oh, let's wanna, dig in. Yes. Want to sum up the episode before we get into the nitty gritty? Uh, yeah. No, let, let's hear. Let's tag team this one and make sure I don't miss anything here. So mm. our... Um, our uh, our hero, Din, he is he's on the hunt. He is hot on the heels of Moff Gideon, and he is ready to take Grogu back. This is yeah. uh, th- th- <laughs> there is no question about it. This this is going to happen. Uh, but we get some we get some pretty cool help here uh, from a few sides and an unexpected assist that was pretty fucking cool. I gotta say, mm-hmm. I. I really dug that. I was not because exp- the whole time they were building up to it, I was rattling off the names of characters who it could have been, and mm-hmm. it just was not one of them. That's for sure. <laughs> no, and millionaires uh, like they wouldn't, they couldn't. But that was that was a badass build up to that moment. Um, the the raid on Gideon's ship where they were holding uh holding the child, holding Grogu. That was a badass sequence. I loved that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, and they're going over their battle plan and they're trying to figure out, hey, so how long is it? Um, how long does it take for the fucking death troopers to power up? Because they draw so much power. You can't just leave them running all the time that they have to keep them in cold storage. Hmm. So they have this narrow window of opportunity where they can try to rush to where they're being held and lock them in. And I love that. I, so I know I'm brushing past some stuff, but we're getting uh, well, 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 Din is immediately trying to shut that down. Katie Sackhoff uh, uh, is yeah, taking over talking, the bridge of the ship. <laughs> you're talking about Bo-Katan? Bo-Katan frees herself. She, uh, her and her crew of this, the badass Mandalorians they are roll up and just start trolling some Imperials, some imps, and hurt them, Cara Dune, just go to work and uh, work their way mm-hmm. up to the bridge where they're trying to wrest control of the ship back from the empire and the other Imperials, Moff Gideon himself. Uh, Gideon faces off with Din Jaren in an awesome oh badass battle of lightsaber versus uh, Beskar. And that was so awesome. Did w- watching him take down the death trooper with the Beskar spear was badass alone. Mm-hmm. I, as when he was getting the, the whistling birds ready, I'm like, Oh shit, this isn't going to end well. <laughs> and the, I, I love I'm that. I'm not going to lie. I didn't see, like, when he's like, you can have them. I don't care. I already got the blood. And I'm like, oh, cool. And then once oh, he yeah. fucking was, like, ready to stab him, and I'm like, ha, that armor is not going to be pierced, you dumb fuck. 
But I'm oh, just like, yeah. I can't believe he fucking just did that. What a bad guy. You, you couldn't. Oh, yeah. And it's like, because when he said that, you know, you could, oh, you can take him. We got what he wanted. It's like, this isn't right. This is the guy who raised planets. This is the guy who strikes his name is strikes fear into the hearts of rebels. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's not going to just be like, here, you can leave. I don't know. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. There is no way that was, that was, that was too good to be true, but a great moment. Nonetheless, like that was a, mm-hmm. is a good way to do that. But uh, that, that build up man. Oh, oh, yeah. oh my God. So they, a, a ship uh, boards uh, Gideon, not a ship. Oh, what, a fucking a X-Wing, right? A TIE fighter? Just a, sing, no. a single X-Wing uh, boards the ship and a, a hooded figure wielding a lightsaber deboards and just starts rolling through stormtroopers. But and with one first, black glove on his right hand. You Yes. We, we, very, we, we get a good shot of the black glove and a, lit, a lightsaber that I, I recognized, but I didn't recognize as Luke's. I was like, wait a minute. Shit, no, is, I, I thought, but I'm like, who else is green lightsaber, right? There's a few. Um, I mean, depending on where you are in the time, because I at first I was like, oh, did uh, did Ahsoka show up? No, this doesn't seem right. And then I wondered, is Barris alive? No, she died. Barris uh, off. He tried to redeem herself, but she laid down her life well before. Um, maybe Ezra Bridger uh, survived. This is. Um, this could point out what, where in the timeline this is in comparison to the last season of Rebels. It could have been the the lost Jedi who was thrown out into the void of space. As that he was also, he enjoyed piloting things. Like I could have seen him taking a ship, you know, finding an X wing and bringing it back that way because he was a mm-hmm. Rebel himself. Uh, but no, it's none other than Luke Skywalker himself. Uh-huh. And this, and it's. It was so cool. This I thought the CG was awesome, and they nailed his uh, Mark Hamill's Return of the Jedi look. It is uh, very yeah. obvious. It is this period of his life right after the destruction of the second Death Star, and he's very in touch with the Force. And I think we are—he's about to hit apex Jedi Master Luke. I would say that he is fucking as badass as his father is in Rogue One, like the same style and same level of anger and just badass. There's like, there's like a cold, there's a coldness. I don't know. There's like a calculated distance that it's not that it's effortless. It's that it just requires so little of him. It's that it's not that he doesn't need to try. It's just, this is, Mm -hmm. this is the solution. You know, like it's just, this is a fact. I'm swinging my lightsaber like this. (laughs) <laughs> it's not like he's killing people because Jedi aren't supposed to kill. He's killing robots so he can slaughter them left and right. And at one point, I think he even ch- like force choked a robot to death almost. He just crushed one in on itself. Yeah, it's yeah. A, another sign of the the power he wields. The the force sensitivity that he possesses is that of a Skywalker, and that's a and it, I definitely got some Clone Wars vibes just. The way the way Anakin would engage combat with droids, it was he was doing some of the same stuff. So that was kind of a cool, a cool way to go about that. Uh, you know what I really wanted to happen? I wanted uh, Din to be like, what's your name? And I wanted him to be like, Skywalker. Skywalker is my name. Kind of like oh, a little Ray action. Um, yeah. Because that's my favorite movie ever. <laughs> That would be uh, that would have been a moment. 
But so, yeah. So <laughs> by the time fucking Grogu and Mando are back together, they're like not, they're inseparable. They're not going to leave one another. They, they're so, the bond is so fucking strong. And then Luke comes in and he's like, all right, you got to go with them. And, and, and Grogu's like, eh, I don't know. I don't, don't want to go. Yeah. There's, he's, it's clear he's making some type of, you know, he's trying to communicate to Din and, you know, he doesn't know what he's saying, but through the power of the force, Luke can understand what it is he's saying without speaking the language even. And mm-hmm. Luke has to tell Din, oh, he he doesn't want to leave without your approval. He needs to know it's OK. And there's that. The moment was beautiful. I got choked up. Yeah. I love that. Uh-huh. Uh, Din removes his helmet, picks up the child, removes his helmet. Because and- the child like holds his helmet and, like he's touching his face and it's so Oh, I don't know. It's so beautiful and like yeah. sad. And you actually see so... tears welling up in his eyes. Like this is a, this is a strong, strong bond is formed. And I, mm-hmm. I go with a lot of what I've seen other people saying of like, it's this uh, adopted family situation that they had created for themselves that they, they care for one another. And now that, yes, this is probably the better decision. And um, where unfortunately in the long run, <laughs> Oh, oh, Ben Solo might come come a knocking in the future, which I'm curious how that resolves itself later down the line. Does Grogu survive the <laughs> the uh, Academy slaughter? I feel like he has to. I feel like by that point, Ben's probably gone. I mean, Ben's not there yet by the time he he hits his. I don't know. Honestly, I feel like he has to be back with Mando in season three because there's no way in fuck's sake that they're going to lose the best character of the show. The guy that is the face of the show. I don't think they're just going to get rid of him. I wonder if we're going to see more. Oh, no, we're not. Yeah, we have the Jedi. So I think no, I I honestly think this is going to be a long play to get back to. It's called the Mandalorian. We're going to Mandalore. That the, the I uh, my guess is a part of it will build up to that the retaking of the throne. I want to see um, I want to see Bo-Katan actually wrest ev- the government back from the empire and oh. whatever is left, you know, reclaim whatever is left there. That is hey. going to be a badass story. And the Jedi, I think, will have a help helping hand in trying to assist them. And we're 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 also before Luke even shows up, we're we're burying a lead here about the fact that uh, Mando got the dark saber from fucking Gus Fring, and he's like trying to just hand it off to Bo, and like she's like, I can't uh, take it. I yeah. gotta fucking I gotta win it in a battle. Mandalorian culture, you have to fight in a battle to the death for to exchange power of one to the other. So, and then actually, I'll take it back a step further. I've I've. I've illustrated it in past episodes, but for those who don't know, the uh, it has been explained in the animated series that the wielder of the Darksaber is recognized as the leader of Mandalore. But you can't just give it from one person to the other, and it's not something that you hand off from, like, a, a parent to child or anything like that. You actually have to... It's settled in combat. So when... Gideon, the fact that uh, Moff Gideon is holding the saber means he killed the last wielder of the saber. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gideon failed to maintain possession of the dark saber. Uh, Din Jaren took it, which technically, I guess, he bested him in battle and he could have taken his life and was spared. So in that in those mm-hmm. in those terms, for a second, Din Jaren was the leader of Mantalor. But uh, and it, it got back. Don't worry. Yeah. 
dark dark saber didn't go far we got to we got to keep that <laughs> um that Ooh, was- all right and then jumping back to the luke thing like what after the beautiful moment they have like uh grogu is still kind of like i don't like he kind of freezes but then another familiar uh character rolls into town and then grogu like he lights up and He's so excited to go check out this new character that rolls in. Which I'm curious if Grogu recognized R2. Because mm. R2 would have, he would have uh, been present in the Jedi Academy during the um, during the point in time in the Clone Wars. There would have been points where they could have crossed paths. Um, there's definitely moments where um, he would have met Yoda. That's, that's for sure. There would have been, th- he would be familiar with the presence of uh, Anakin or Darth Vader if he were still alive. Like I, I at least a familiarity with what those things were, although he closed himself off from the force. I really doubt he wouldn't recognize some of, some of that presence there. Uh, yeah. Especially when that powerful, I feel like it would, I feel like it'd have to hang around with you like a nightmare. You couldn't forget that, you know, feeling, but mm. That uh, that was pretty cool to see R two roll up by. Yeah, and then just I just love love seeing Grogu like look very excited when he comes in and then come yeah. over and stand next to him. And I'm like, this is cute. It's like, why is anybody paired up with R two T two just gonna be cute? Like fucking BB eight rolls up with R two, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess even even C three PO, you're like, yeah, fuck, oh C three PO. But then it's like, nah, they got such a sweet dynamic. Those two guys. Yeah, they oh, do. Boy. It banter when only one of them even talks and you still get a lot of emotion from a robot. The, yeah. uh, the last little piece though was, yes, oh, credit. was into that. so I, I legit, I got up, walked away. So I, 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 I dab my eyes dry. I get up, go to the bathroom and I hear shit, shit, shit. And then run back out there. And um, I thought the credit roll was just going to carry through. <clears throat> oh no, we got a bonus scene. The well, no, because yeah, before the, before this happens, they, they play the music and everything. And like, you see, like, it's just regular credits. You don't see the sweet storyboard, and it's like, oh, it's like, maybe maybe the story's over now. I don't know. Yes. Oh, that's true. Oh, see, I didn't, yeah, I didn't see, because I didn't see that part. I left the room. They paused it as soon as we saw those those twin sons, and uh, mm. before before it pans, the camera pans over to a familiar location. Oh, it's clear we're on Tatooine, but then we turn to see, this is Jabba the Hutt's palace. Now, given mm. the timeline... We know Jabba's dead. This uh, this is a Sarlacc scarred Boba Fett that we've already come across. So we're well after the events of there. Other people have assumed Boba Fett has died, and that's mm. clearly how he was le- uh, living his life. Well, he's descending the steps down into the main throne room of uh, Jabba's for- former, formerly Jabba's palace. I'm not sure what you call it now, and it looks like a a staunchier Bib Fortuna has been uh, roosting in the throne and clearly made himself comfortable. A little too comfortable. He kind of put on a lot of weight. Like he's yeah. becoming a new Jabba. It looks like that maybe. And in the the guards respond to his beck and call. He has all of the not all some of the classic uh, sights you would see. Of course the the trained up Twil- Twilak and I love that moment of uh, uh, Boba's sidekick walking in and she shoots the chain off the. Uh-huh. When when Fennec comes in and yeah. she just shoots everybody, and then you see the fucking blue lady is like, "Oh shit!" And you're like, "Is she gonna kill her?" Now she just shoots the chains. Get out of here! And it, yeah, <laughs> I just that gruff demeanor she has—it was that was badass. Yeah. 
oh boba oh man i thought for sure you were dead dead. totally gonna like come looking for you years ago boom boba just vapor just vaporizes him he falls out of the throne and just that shot of him sitting down in the throne in the in the palace and that reveal we are getting Mm -hmm. a boba fett story the book of boba fett book of boba fett Oh, what a title. It's like you can go so many ways. And it's like he's in power now. It's like we just saw him do this very brave, courageous thing to help out. But now it's like, oh, are we going to see the seedy underworld? Are we going to see him doing some fucked up shit? This could go a couple ways. Now, he doesn't he himself has said he's never called himself a Mandalorian. He didn't consider like, yes, he is who he is. That did, did did is this kind of what I was shocked when we first start the episode? They're going in and talking to fucking Bo Katan and whatnot, and they're like, "We know who you are. You're not a fucking. You're not a clone. You're you're like a like he is known, but he's kind of an outcast. He's the black sheep of these guys. He is. He's, he's actually very well. Yeah, it's a it's a big deal because even Django was was a known Mandalorian. This is mm-hmm. he's a you know bounty hunters or bounty hunters. Well, it. It sounds like a lot of Mandalorians drifted into that kind of work because their their culture kind of gravitates towards that kind of intensity, living life on that edge and violence and proving yourself through combat and war is just a part of a part of what you do. It's a part of their religion. And I think that's kind of what was in that's kind of always in their nature. That's why that's how Django lived his life. That's how Boba Fett was raised and he was surrounded by bounty hunters his entire life, pretty much. And mm-hmm. that carry, you know, that story carried on. And they're supposed to be infamous. These are bounty hunters that are feared. You you recognize that ship. You recognize that armor. Like that is, they are hallmarks of bad dudes. That is, uh, that's going to be cool. I I mean, I'm curious. So the title of, of the show is The Mandalorian. Who's yes. to say that that, uh, and they refer to, um, this next chapter talking about uh, Boba Fett's story. Well, what if he is the Mandalorian in the next? See, I was with you on that, but supposedly someone at Lucasfilm today, and as of the recording date, uh, claims it's it's a completely separate thing. It's it's so going to be show tenth... run by these guys. So it'll be a tenth title after everything else they had said is coming out. I, that's, that's a cool reveal. I can appreciate that they could have not. They could have said they're making a Boba Fett thing. That could have been a, a tenth thing in that lineup, but instead mm-hmm. they chose to attach that to the end of it. But at the same point, it's like it's they say it's coming out December 2021, which is crazy because that's when we also had the announcement that Mandalorian season three was coming out. So it's like, are we getting two Star Wars shows coming out at the same time, running in a parallel like? Well, with that list of stuff, I feel like we're going to we're going to have a few. I'm more than likely we're going to get another one before those show up with. I, I would think I would hope. Excuse me. I don't um, know. I'm just very excited because. <clears throat> oh, and, and, and we're leaving out the fact that the director of this Peyton Reed guy who did fucking bring it on the guy who did Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp. A fucking phenomenal episode. Great fucking episode. Oh, yes. Very, I was so shocked when I thought he was the director of it. I'm like, oh, wow. Huh. That was cool. I do have to, I just to jump back to the Boba Fett stuff. I, uh, I don't know. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't apologize. I just got to nerd out for a second for this little corner of the universe. Knowing that uh, Jabba was a part of the Black Sun Syndicate. And if this, if this palace, if this 
you know, thrown, say Bib Fortuna just kind of took his place, then I would assume that gang was still running. Like that branch of yeah. Black Sun was was still functioning as it was. So is Boba Fett then taking on the mantle? Or is he take, I would like, assume so. resting control of all of that? Or is he shutting down? Is he like fighting back against them? I that That's going to be a big, that is a huge deal. Because the Black Sun is huge. Uh, if you remember back into uh, uh, Solo, that was a mm-hmm. big driving force behind, you know, that was who, uh, oh my God, now I can't think of his name. Uh, uh, the Vision? Yeah, it's who we worked for. Paul uh, Bettany? Yes, because uh, because at the time, uh, Maul was in charge of it. He had just, mm-hmm. he was the, actually sitting on the throne of Mandalore. And, so the question is, or was. Are, are we going to get Maul in the book of uh, Boba Fett or or ah well if they do then they'll have then that would mean they are um, retconning a uh, Star Wars Rebels scene where we actually witness um, old Ben Kenobi defeating uh, Maul and a lightsaber huh. duel on Tatooine and that was and in that scene uh, Maul actually dies in Obi-Wan's arms and it is oh. It's it's uh, like uh, Qui-Gon style. I'm pretty sure it was a lightsaber through the heart. So there's no like he got cut in half and all of his vital organs are still held together. Mm. It's we're done. Um, and it was kind of a touching moment. That is a cool that, that is just a cool episode of Rebels on its own. Uh, just to get to see Obi-Wan at the later stages of his watching over Luke and knowing that Maul was that came that close to him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not that he was searching for Luke. He wanted to find uh, Obi-Wan. He wanted to kill him. It's his Makes fault. Sense. He was cut in half. So true <laughs> that. Uh, but anyways, I digress. Black Sun, big, big fixture. That is also the background uh, backdrop for the storyline of Shadows of the Empire. That was once a Star Wars expanded universe. Maybe this is going to be the, the series that starts bringing Shadows of the Empire back into canon because there's no reason uh, why it can't fit. Which that'll that that'll be its own story, folks. If we ever do get pieces of that, I'll be happy to share that storyline. Or you can just look it up yourself. But it was a pretty pretty cool chapter in the the Star Wars universe. See, I know a while ago, uh, Josh Trank was supposed to be doing the uh, the Boba Fett movie, but after all what supposedly went down on Fantastic Four, he was fired. I'm wondering if any of this is going to be coming from what he previously had or if it's just starting from scratch. Oh, totally. And what was that? Two, three years ago, uh, before we got Mandalorian, you know, what what I'm assuming yep. Mandalorian started out as was probably the original Boba Fett show. I mean, I remember back when, so like right before Solo came out, they were talking about... Uh, that was going to be one of the next Boba movies. Fett movie. Yeah. Yeah. So... Obviously, we got a we got a pretty good result, though. I am not mad at the, no. the series we, we ended up with. And if they can make a Boba Fett series at least as good as we're watching this Mandalorian, then mm-hmm. <laughs> we're in for some some good stuff. That's for sure. I think so. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I'm excited to see whatever comes next, like whether it's legacy characters or anybody we've known. Uh, clearly, we don't have to know who these characters are. Exactly. We're going to know to love them. And, I, and that's what I loved about this the show is it proved the point is we do not need to just live entirely in the Skywalker narrative. Mm-hmm. Although it's fun. Sure. Yeah. I got excited seeing Luke and R2. Sure. That was amazing. The I fuck didn't. But we don't, but we don't need to, we don't need it all the time. That's okay. See, 
See, I'm not going to lie. I was sad. I didn't watch. I watched it a little bit of the episode on my break on Friday. And then I, I was online, of course, like an idiot. And I and I, I got the, the post credit scene spoiled. But I'm like, I still want to see it. Oh. And then when I was looking at Twitter, uh, at what's trending because I was posting some stuff for the show. I saw Luke Skywalker was trending. And I'm like, oh, oh no. <laughs> but I mean, I didn't know fully what exactly what do you, and I'm like somehow he's content, yeah to this. right but it was still amazing to to just see that happen like oh boy oh for sure oh absolutely yeah. and then that was a great I thought that was a great uh, second season too that was oh a, yeah in it uh, flew by oh my god yes I feel like the first one was so much longer but I mean it only 16 episodes it's really not a long series so far mm-hmm. and the fact that the main storyline has ended it's like what or did it just begin? Have we? Shut have we just? Been... <laughs> nope. We Favreau's just like it's done. I'm moving on. I got Star Wars is over forever. Mm-hmm. No more Star Wars. You had get it. out while the getting's good. Be be like the the new the the new Star Wars haters. There's only three Star Wars movies and episode one, two, and three. Oh oh oh! oh, oh. oh I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, you you mean the Ewok movies with the uh, oh. Wicket and ah. and uh, I forgot oh. what they're called. Oh, it man. hurts. It hurts. Uh, oh, it hurts. It hurts how good those movies are. <laughs> I know. I get you it, mean man. the Lego Star Wars holiday special. Oof! What a classic. Can't wait to rewatch that every year. <laughs> it's gonna be there right next to Christmas Vacation. Oh boy, it's definitely given Die Hard a run for its money. I'm going to tell you that. Oh, God, oh man. Well, that was a it was a hearty Mandalorian chat, but I think deservedly so, given we we wrapped up all all the Star Wars we have for now. So what, yeah. I, I'm curious. Uh, I uh, might be more of a question for the audience, but you know, Adam, you, you I can well. answer for the audience. You I, can, I you get can speak it for everyone. That's yes. fine. Um, do, is this something we should keep doing for the next Star Wars series? Should movie toasters should the uh, should the movie toasters keep talking about Star Wars as uh, we keep getting it? Is I think the audience would like us to do our own like separate episode. That way, we're not ruining it for anybody. I don't know. I could be wrong. Or do like a post post credit review. I don't know. I feel like it bogs down the show, but it's so much fun. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, let us know. Get at us. You, yeah, you, where can Adam they tell us, Dennis? Is it, do you think, is it worse than what Adam said? Is it like, why did you guys even start doing this? It's a series. It's not a movie. Let us know. Truth us. Truth is hard this Christmas. Where can they, where can they tell Adam. us? You can, you can tell us on Twitter, on Reddit. You can tell us on Facebook. Shit, you can tell us on YouTube if you want to. I... I would be excited to see some new comments there. That'd be fun. Uh, the Apple podcast, go, go over there, write us a review. Let us know it's movie underscore toast or movie toast news and reviews for the Facebook and for the YouTube. Uh, we are also in discord. We have the links widely available. You can find, I, I re- highly recommend the Reddit. That is our website link. When you go to our uh, podcast pages that uh, it just, it's, there's the fun links there. I will have to freshen it up with some, uh, end of the year festivities as well. Get your opinions on some polls and things. Which, speaking of polls, Instagram, uh, 
and the Twitter. We got fun stuff that comes down the pipeline there. So make sure you yeah. make sure you respond. Give your feedback. We like sending it back to you. Let you know what you said. What what the other listener said, you know, your your ridiculous opinion probably won't match up with everyone else's. I can promise. Yeah, yeah, we don't care about your opinion, even though we do care about your opinion. Just yours, See, you, you over you there. Just, yeah, we're talking to you, Philip C. Hall. Yeah, we know you're one <laughs> listener, Philip C. Hall. Yeah, we even know your middle name is Cindy. Come on, Philip, you got a better middle name. Be <laughs> like all the other guys and gals and people in this podcast community yeah <laughs> I, don't I don't know i don't know well oh. guys thank you very much i hope you're having a great oh, yeah. holiday season we can't wait to come back next week for our end of the year fucking throw down oh yeah it's we'll give you fun. some uh, we'll, we'll give you some fun stuff it'll be it won't be the average episode but we'll some we'll uh have some stuff to highlight we'll uh talk about where we've been the last year and where we're hoping to go in the next year, maybe. And I will guarantee there's going to be a Wonder Woman 84 and a soul review from me. So, I mean, sweet. If you want a little bit of some new uh, gossip, we get that. But to, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one. So stay tuned. All right. All right, Hit folks. the subscribe button. Smash it. Smash that subscribe button. Smash the shit out. Ruin your computer hitting it. Or your phone. Just buy a new one. It's Christmas. Santa might get you one. You never know. It's, it's already Lanza. there. They Burn, might get you one. Yeah. Burn the one you're using now. Then uh, you got the new one to to leave all fresh and clean. It's uh, going to be tax season soon. You can get some money to get a new one. <laughs> oh. Oh, how how holy is this night? We're we're uh, we're keeping it festive here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but man. Dennis, what should what should they really do? You know, folks, as always, I'm going to ask you to please stay toasty.